When self-isolation first began 11 plus weeks ago, I was in complete shock. Didn't pick up my guitar for about three or four weeks. Didn't really have much of an appetite. I think I lost about five to 10 pounds. I didn't watch too much TV and I didn't listen to music too much. All I did was keep abreast of the news and try and make sense of the changing world around me. I adhered to rules experts had laid out for us to follow, staying indoors, keeping social distance, staying away from the elderly, and washing hands until your skin peels off. I watched hospitals get overwhelmed. I watched how the virus was affecting us globally, and I watched firsthand as the virus seeped into my own life, even affecting a few around me. I was completely numb. Even though I knew we were all experiencing this together and there were others more negatively affected than I was, opening my eyes each morning to this new dystopian world was beyond belief. I think we all collectively felt like it was some kind of Hollywood disaster movie come to life. For a while, we questioned if this was the end of the world, and I know it left a lot of us, myself included, near panic. But we are an adaptable species, and as the weeks trudged onward, I found myself getting used to social distancing and wearing a mask in public. People are now starting to use the term new normal, and I personally dislike it. New normal implies that this way of living apart from one another is permanent, and that's simply not the case. Once a vaccine is found, we will all snap back to how we were before. Even during this lockdown period, terms like flatten the curve that were on everybody's lips are all but forgotten. Even though I'm still living to flatten the curve, it is a term barely used anymore, and that's just too bad. If you want the term new normal to actually become a permanent fixture, then forgetting to flatten the curve and forgetting to social distance is the perfect formula. Through it all, I did manage to escape by busying myself with this podcast. Going weekly was a welcomed escape, despite most of the conversations starting with a COVID discussion. I have found solace in the weekly grind of churning out this podcast. Another way I found helped me cope and ease my mind was watching through all things Instagram and how others were coping with the crisis. Friends who were also in bands and who also had their year wiped out. It was comforting to see they were keeping afloat and with a positive outlook, although I'm sure they saved some of their darker moments for offline, as did I. But watching people cope by being goofy, lighthearted, and fun has been the medicine that has helped me get through this thing so far. When this is over, I'm sure all of us in bands who live to get on stage will have a renewed energy like we did on our very first tours. It will all make the live experience way more energetic and way more worth going than before. One of the people I follow on Instagram and whose posts have been a welcomed comfort is guitarist Jordan Ziff. Viewing the posts of him playing his quarantine anthem or My Heart Will Go On with Chuck Creasy or with Marty Freeman and Kiyoshi Manny and Chargy for some reason made me feel like everything was going to be all right. Jordan Ziff plays with Marty Friedman and is also the guitarist of the band Rat. I met Jordan last year at NAMM when I sang two songs with Marty's band. Aside from being a monster guitar player, and I mean a monster guitar player, he's a very nice, humble guy offstage. I guess you can afford to be when your fingers do the talking, the screaming, and the singing for you. And oh, how they talk, scream, and sing. 
I can't say it enough how incredible a show Marty, Jordan, Kyoshi, and Chargy put on that night in Nam. Except to say that if you want to hear what I heard, listen to Marty's live album, One Bad MF, that features that lineup slaying it. Now, as far as Jordan being in Rat, that's also something I am greatly impressed by because I am a huge, huge Rat fan. They were one of the first bands I ever became a rabid fan of. I had rat posters on my wall. I wore rat shirts. I was part of the rat gang. I love the EP, Out of the Cellar, Invasion of Your Privacy, and even Infestation from 2010 that really showed the world nothing had changed. They were still the great band they always were. Warren Martini is one of my favorite guitar players of all time, and Jordan has stepped in to take his place. Another reason Jordan, Jordan has my full and utmost respect. So after messaging back and forth through lockdown with Jordan, I said, why don't we take this thing onto the podcast? And here we are. While this is going up, I want to also make mention that there is a great compilation that Yeah Right Records has pulled together to help support Black Lives Matter and the Black Solidarity Fund. It's called Black Lives Matter. Simply that. And you can get the compilation through Yeah Right Records' Bandcamp page. It's a compilation that features a bunch of great bands like The Black Halos, The Biters, Ancient Shapes, Tricky Woo, The Spitfires, Sick Things, The Enchanters, Public Enemy, uh, sorry, Public Animal, <laughs> Come On, UIC, and my old band, The Violent Brothers, in our first ever release. Never ever put anything out by The Violent Brothers before, so here's your chance to listen to it, and it's all for a great cause. Okay, back to the podcast, back to Jordan Ziff, because hey, he's the latest guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around, the Flanagan is Danko's crew, I'm still over free, I'm still glad I like to sometimes, Jimmy in from fucked up, stop playing, hang down, down. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around, Nick Flanagan is Danko's co-host, Download for free on SoundCloud and iTunes. Sometimes Damien fucked up. Stops by and hangs out too. Login protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Yeah! Hello. Hey. Hey, man. How you doing, man? Doing okay. How are you doing with everything going on in this crazy world? You know. Uh, at first it was like super weird and it took me a while. I felt really antsy for like the first few weeks where I couldn't go anywhere or do anything, but it kind of fell into feeling normal, which is the weird thing. Like, cause things are opening up back here in Arizona a little bit. So that feels weird. Things opening feels weird versus, you know, just staying at home and, um, you know, having my routine here. 
Yeah, things are opening up up here, up north here too. They opened up on what was it last Tuesday, and uh, I'm very hesitant about that as well. Um, it's a weird feeling, but uh, you know, you and I were both in the same line of work, and I feel comforted talking to other musicians at a time like this because we're all in the same boat right so it's nice to see like some of your uh posts i've seen on instagram and it's uh you know it's a it's just something positive for someone like me in the same position as you to see and just go okay so you know jordan's jordan's okay he's doing okay so i should be doing okay too yeah, we should all just be doing okay, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, at least, you know, we can hang out and uh, work out at home, you know, write music. Um, it, you almost talk to your friends more often in a time like this, you know? I found I was reaching out to even older friends that I hadn't talked to in months and a couple, uh, two friends in years, you know, and now we're texting back and forth pretty regularly every other day or something. Yeah, it's, so. it's kind of interesting being isolated kind of makes you um, not like the opposite. You kind of are talking to more people that, same here, like I'm talking to people that I don't really talk to very often or haven't talked to in a long time. So it's in that way, it's, it's kind of nice actually. Because you have time to reconnect with people, and you're not so um, scatterbrained doing all the you know playing shows and yeah. playing around, and you know what I mean. Yeah, it's funny because I'm always on the road, and I always miss everything that happens at home, whether it's like you know shows or bands or events or whatever. And now that I'm home, nothing's going on. I'm 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 here. <laughs> I'm here to, yeah. but you can't do anything, so it's it's weird, but. Yeah, this will be the longest time I've been home in, Jesus, years and years and years. Yeah, and me too, for sure. Yeah. Um, I could see behind you, because you've got your video on, um, your camera's on. You've got a whole setup, and I've seen this on Instagram. Uh -huh. So what are you doing while you are in lockdown, music-wise? So music-wise, I'm finishing up a solo record that I've been working on for a little while. And um, I've been working on it for longer than I should have been, but you know, I get busy playing with other people and going and doing gigs and, you know, doing the stuff that pays the bills. So I haven't been focused enough on my own stuff. So it's kind of cool. I've been able to do that. And um, I've just been writing some music for rat. And when we all get back together, you know, we can all sit and jam and see what works and what doesn't work. Cause for me, um, when it comes to rock songs, I really like to write them as a group with yeah. people, yeah. you know, for me, like just writing a rock song at home, sitting by myself, it's like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't feel like, um, super connected to it I've been the same way that you would when you get in a room with people yeah. and like all of a sudden you do something cool and you all look at each other and you're like, Oh, that was it. That's sick. You know, and you all feel that at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so this record, is this, is this a kind of, a, a more focus on just get your guitar playing? Yeah. So it's going to be mostly instrumental with the exception of possibly a few songs that they're singing on. Right. Right. And a couple covers too, but they're 
covers that were not originally instrumental and I turned them into instrumentals. I gotcha. So is this, would this be your like debut solo album? It would be, yeah, it would be. So, you know, I, I don't mind kind of making sure it's kind of exactly how I want to come across and taking my time a little bit with it because, yeah. you know, I'll do more of these, but once I get one done, I'm going to feel better about, you know, doing more of them at a quicker pace, not to rush them, but, you know, just I'll feel more comfortable with it. Because for me, instrumental music, um, there's just a lot of instrumental music out there that mm -hmm. that that really bores me, to be perfectly honest. Right. And for me, um, it's not the same approach I would have as writing a, a regular song where it's like, you know, intro, verse, chorus, verse, right. chorus, bridge. I, I kind of am all over the place with the stuff that I write, but the only thing that's really important to me is if it keeps you interested and if the melodies in it are strong enough to remember after you listen to the song or especially listen to the whole album. Well, um, you know, much much like you said earlier about, you know, working on the rap songs with the band being very, very integral to whether the music cuts it or not, you being by yourself at home, uh, do you plan on kind of uh, re-recording things once the crisis is over with uh, like a drummer, you know, like a, you know what I mean? Or are you oh. sending out files? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. So, my, well, with my record, I'm going to do probably most of the stuff at my house. And then I'm going to send it out and have a drummer play on all the tracks. And, right. um, you know, if some little things need to be changed here and there to make the drums or to make my parts cooler with the drums, I'll do that too. So it's not, it's not the way that I would personally love to do it. I'd rather write these songs and then be able to get in a room with the drummer. But, you know, that's not really happening right now, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you mentioned Rat, and I, I can't not talk about Rat with you, because, yeah. I mean, Rat is one of my all-time favorite bands, and <clears throat> I remember, what was it, January? Or was it, I can't remember, you messaged me saying you were in Buffalo, and if I had no, I don't know why I didn't drive down there, but there was some reason why I couldn't. I think you had a show the next morning. That, yeah, that was what it was. I just could. There was a really good reason why I couldn't have because I would have. Yeah, and, it, was, it was. I think it was January. Yeah, but, but only Buffalo. Yeah, it wasn't too too long ago, and um, yeah, like Rat is is one of my all time favorite bands, and I would have loved to have gone to see it. And you talking about writing new songs with Rat, I mean, their last album was 10 years ago, mm -hmm. and it was f fantastic. Like, what a return to form. So, mm -hmm. doing this new album with them, uh, what it, how is it going? Because it is an odd way to do it to do any album right now but how like if it was regular times like you know and we were all just at no crisis how is it doing a rat record like how, how is that well i mean we definitely have plans to do a record at some point that that's obviously the goal but right now it's kind of more just writing songs and feeling it out and you know maybe releasing some singles before we ever even get to the process of doing a full record because we want to just get a uh, a process going that is going to work for all of us where 
you know, feels really cool and natural, you know, right. We don't, we definitely don't want anything to be forced. And, and that's, you know, we, de you know what I mean though? We don't want to just like force out new music for the sake of forcing out new music. Like we want it to be really cool and meaningful and the, you know, the new version of rap, but obviously, um, respect what was already done. It's just, you know, we, we want to, we kind of want to figure out what the sound is for for what we want to do. So it's it's been a process for sure, and we haven't had a whole lot of time to spend together doing it. So that's right. that's the the big um the big problem. Obviously, we can send stuff back and forth, but we all want to get in a room and like really feel it out and see what feels awesome. When you say we, it's you, Juan, and Steven, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and Pete, our drummer. I mean, he's he's a definitely integral to the, the sound that we have right now so we're all going to kind of work on this whole thing together i think it's amazing i i I, lo I would love to be a fly on the wall when you guys eventually do get back together and just see how it is with you know with i would have oh man i i wish i could have gone to that rat show just watching you with rat uh is uh, is amazing i've now your other gig that I think a lot of people know about is you with Marty Friedman. And that's how I, we met, you and I. Um, I think right. we, I, we met two minutes before we jammed together, which I thought yeah. was was yes. really was really great. Um, and so uh, how – I wanted to ask – okay, lots of stuff to unpack here, but um, – We'll go back to rat, but I just wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. how did you hook up with Marty? Marty, it's it's a really we have a, a weird long history kind of that he didn't even remember until after I started playing with him. But I mean, so I'm you know I live in Arizona and he lived in Arizona and all the Megadeth guys lived in Arizona for years. So growing up here, you know, I was um, always playing live and stuff even when I was very young. So. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people and consequently, you know, a lot of people that were mutual friends of Marty, you know? Right. So, you know, before, I mean, I, I didn't know Marty at the time. Well, I knew his guitar playing, but we weren't friends or anything like that. So I did an album actually that I wrote when I was around like 14 and the band was called Age of Evil and it was like a thrash metal band. And that was like the first thing I ever did. But our producer here in Phoenix was friends with Marty and he's like hey do you want me to get Marty to lay down a solo on your first record and we we're like oh my god that'd be so cool you know yeah. so that was like the first experience of, of that but then uh, I started playing in a band with this guy Chris Catero who used to play in Marty's solo band uh, you know around like 07 08 something like that and I did a record with him and then he sent the record to Marty, and Marty goes, wow, I really like your guitar player. Like, do you think he'd want to play in my band? And then, you know, me and Marty got to talking, and, you know, I learned a few of his songs. He's like, cool, man. Like, you definitely have the gig if you want it. And then we start playing together, and I reminded him of the thing he did on my first record. He's like, oh, my God, that was you? So it's just kind of like this whole funny thing, you know? Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Um, when you guys, when I saw you guys play at Nam last year, it was phenomenal. I, I, I was blown away, uh, just watching you and Marty trading licks and, oh, it was, it's, oh man, it was amazing. And you get to really showcase 
the kind of guitarist you are. Marty seems to let you have a lot of the spotlight as well. Very mm -hmm. generous, it seems. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, because, you know, mm -hmm. for us, I can speak for him, you know, guitar is not like, it's not a competition kind of yeah. thing, really. You know, it's fun to like play with people that you like and respect and let everyone just like do their thing to the, their full extent. You know, you don't, you know, Marty's awesome and everyone knows Marty's awesome and the whole band is so awesome. So it's cool that everyone gets to kind of just like be themselves. And, uh, you know, I know that's, that's what he wants. He wants a band where everyone can kind of just be themselves 100%. I found just in the short time hanging out with you guys, um, over the course of about a day and a half, I suppose, um, there is some real genuine camaraderie between the four of you, uh, and you felt it felt like you guys were not just a band but friends, you know, together. Oh yeah, we love to hang out with each other. It's so great when we get to uh, tour again and all that because it's always like we just pick up where we left off, you know. How how long did you guys tour together? We've been touring together as this band for, I want to say, five years. Oh, okay. Oh, right. So, uh, Marty's last live album, One Bad MF. Yep. You are on that. Correct. So that's the whole band that, yep. that I was singing with at NAMM. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's great. That's cool. And so are there, um, I mean, I suppose I can ask Marty this, but are there any more plans with Marty, the, that, that, the, four, the four of you guys together as soon as this crisis is over, whenever it is? I mean, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be complicated, but, you know, since I've been playing with Rat, it's been pretty hard to kind of, for us, our, both of our schedules to kind of work out together. But, yeah, yeah I mean, any time that our schedules are going to work out together, you know, we're still definitely going to play together. So it's just a matter of when and when it kind of works out. Right, right. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. So, okay, so if we can just go back to Rat then, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to assume it's your main gig these days. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, how'd, you, how'd you hook up with Rat? That's an, uh, it's got to be quite a story. Well, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things, dude, you know, you, you meet somebody and then they they happen to be friends with them and then they get, you know, they find out that they're looking for a new guitar player and they go, Hey, I know this guy, Jordan, that would be perfect mm -hmm. for your game. You know, mm -hmm. it was really like kind of that simple. And then, um, we did, uh, you know, like there was an audition thing going on where they were auditioning a few guitar players um, so I went to go do that, but I mean, when I played with them, it was like within five seconds of me and Juan and, uh, Pete, our drummer, you know, playing the music together. It was just like instantaneous. We all looked at each other and we were like, whoa, like that's so heavy, you know, and just like, so, um, everyone was just so locked. Hmm. We just locked with each other. It was like instant. And sometimes you get that. And sometimes you don't get that. So it was one of those things where it was just instant, you know. I didn't know what to expect um, when I went to go play with them uh, for, like, the audition. Because I didn't know them personally at all. I, right. I, this, was, this was my first time meeting them at all. It wasn't like I knew them and then 
they called me. It was just like a mutual friend was like, hey, you should check out Jordan. And I went there and I met them and they were really nice and really cool. And then we played together and it was just instant awesome, you know. It just doesn't always work out like that, but you know when it does. Now, I mean, they're a band that has um, a lot of drama, public drama that's been played out. And uh, I just wanted to know, like, um, in terms of, you know, Warren Demartini, who's such a, a monstrous guitar hero, um, has there been, like, some sort of, like, blessing or, or allowance from you, like, anything from the... I don't want to ask any questions out of line, but... No, you're not, and and I and honestly, I couldn't tell you if there there was or wasn't. I mean, I would assume probably not. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> but, I yeah, but I mean, you know, it it just kind of is what it is. I know it's, that there's been like some acrimony between members that aren't in that current lineup of Rat. So I thought it would it was safe, you know, to talk about you know if Warren was cool with it or not, but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can only assume things are going full steam ahead because you guys are tour- you are a touring entity, and right. you know there's you know everybody. I think without Steven, I mean, there's definitely it's it just it wouldn't seem like it would be Rat, um, mm-hmm. and Steven's voice definitely puts a stamp on that. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. I mean. The singer's a singer. Yeah. You know, the singer's the singer of the band. And it's just, um, especially in this particular band, you know, it's a very unique uh, voice. It's not like someone can step in and sing these songs and it would sound anything like what he ever did, you know? When you listen to Infestation, um, yeah, if it was another voice, it wouldn't be Rat. And having Steven on those tracks, you know, I'm instantly taken back to you know all the classic records and it fits right in there so i'm very curious and excited to to hear what you guys come up with in the next in the next little while so that's mm-hmm. exciting too now when you joined rat and you were in and you're touring do you get like i don't know because you know juan and steven are you know they've been doing it for a while they've been in the game for a while do you get kind of like you know this is i don't know stories or you you know like uh i don't know some sort of uh grains of of parables or whatever from from the two of them yeah (laughs) of course things totally probably not to be repeated but yeah i mean it's just like of course there's just tons of stories and it's just wow like i can't i mean i can but it's so funny just how different things were back when bands were touring in the right the early mid late 80s it's just unbelievable the things people could get away with and uh it was just this big party and it's so crazy because like for me i mean you know i like to have some drinks and stuff like that but i'm not like a big party guy and, and playing music i play music because i want to play music not because i want the lifestyle of being on the road and partying and chicks and stuff you know it's like that's not really why I originally got into it. So it's just funny that all these bands could just do that 24-7 back then. I think a lot of people forget that when, you know, because of Motley Crue's book and because of Motley Crue's movie, uh, Motley Crue gets the focus of that era. But Rat were neck and neck with them back in the day. 
Yeah. So I'm sure they have an equal amount of stories to tell. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's pretty mind blowing actually. Now from the audience's perspective, you joining rat, have you found that you've been accepted by, you know, the, the larger rat crowd, you know, rat fans and stuff? Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, of course, there's always going to be people that are like, no Warren, no rat, you know? I mean, that's just, it just is what it is. Like, I get it. But when people actually are able to see us live, it's very uh, quickly that you notice that they're just like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this sounds great, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I've never gotten anyone yelling at me or heckling me. So so that's a good thing. That's a, that's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I first joined the band, I was like, all right, like, this is going to be fun. Like, I love the challenge of going out and playing for an audience that's never seen me before and prove to them that that I'm, I'm worthy of doing whatever I'm doing, you know? Well, even it, even me, like, at NAMM, I, you know, despite the fact that I'd already, like, seen you right up front with Marty um, in a rehearsal room, uh, when... When I was watching you guys live at the show, side stage, I was, I don't know, because I didn't see a photo of myself, but my jaw was, I was, it was dropped. I was just like, wow, holy smokes, man. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, you guys were tearing up everything. Well, thanks, man. That's what we aim for. We aim to destroy. Yeah, it was a destruction. Um, And, you know, being that it was Nam, stakes are kind of like heightened just because it's like musicians and musicians everywhere. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's Uh, true. So I was was very impressed. I I was, it was just smoking. Yeah. so yeah, that was definitely uh, something I walked away from uh, that day, that night after the Nam show. Yeah, I mean, for us, we're we're like you know we play stuff that's technical, but we're all kind of rock players at heart. We're not like prog people, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that's just not who we are. So you know, no click track, no in ears just really loud amps, no digital amps, and just, you know, we like to just play loud and whatever happens, happens, and, um, yeah, it's just fun. It's just like, it's a rock band attempting to be a prog band. (laughs) Right. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But, uh, so you've got the, you've got the solo album on, on, uh, that you're working on, and, Maybe a couple of rat songs here and there. Yep. Um, but, but I mean, a record is the goal. It's just a matter of, you know, let's figure out what the new sound really is. Because, you know, I guess I should know their history better than I do, but I don't think they've done any records without Warren playing on them. Am I correct? Uh, I got to say, maybe. I don't know. Because, because there's I, should, a, I should know this. I should know this. <laughs> we should both know this. The bottom, the bottom line is, regardless of that, it's really like we, we you know, we want to be respectful, and I want to be respectful mm-hmm. of what we've done. But I do want to create kind of a new vibe. You know, I right. definitely want to do that. So, 
that's just we're just kind of figuring that whole thing out of what's going to be like really cool and not too far this way or too far this way you know it's super important to to me and i know everybody else so um we just want it to be awesome and right and just exactly the way that we wanted it to be how long have you been in the band i've been in the band for uh two years now so that's enough time but we, to... really, but we really just started getting to the idea of of writing because we were just more focused on let's just go play and tour and um you know kind of get a vibe together at first as a live band mm-hmm. i think that's i think that was the right game plan to follow um two years of of you know jamming with each other and no enough time to really live with the old catalog so it can kind of seep into your pores to write new material um i think i think that was the way to go um and so it's it's just exciting um that i'm like talking to you about a rat album man mm-hmm. I, I i would never have i would never have guessed but it's it's a it's a, it's a great exciting news i mean i i did make contact with juan through twitter I'd say uh-huh. like four years ago. Yeah. But then I don't know. I, things just get lost in the shuffle. But it was really, it was nice. He seems really nice on Twitter. Um, yeah. Very yeah, genuine. Was, yeah, great guy. Great yeah. Guy. So it was, it, you know, like when you, when you've been listening to a band for so long and there is a nice exchange. It was, it was nice. I was, mm-hmm. I was happy to, not that I would have lost my rat fandom had he not been nice but it was right. it, it kind of helped reinforce it let's say so that was good yeah they're very nice guys and yeah. um, i never heard that they weren't nice guys but right you never you never know what to expect when you meet people for the first time and um especially i'm kind of a young kid right i'm like a young punk kid and you know i, I like to see if if um, if people can like be cool with me just because I'm young, you know, doesn't mean I'm young at heart. Like I'm just, just a young guy, you know? Yeah, that's, I've seen that many times and been at the brunt of that in the music industry where like some guy who's been, who's done a few rounds condescends to me. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. And you never know who's going to do that or why. Yeah. And that's their issue. It's really nothing to do with you. Of course. So it's nice to hear that those guys are level uh, are are treating you on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool camaraderie, and it was like um, pretty quick, you know. So mm-hmm. that's all those factors are very important to me, you know. I mean, uh, like I I loved Rat growing up, and it's uh, so cool to play with them. But you know. I'm I'm always the kind of guy that I'm not going to play with anybody unless it's like cool and the fit musically is right and the fit people wise is right. You know, it's it's just how I am. I just I don't like to um, I just don't like to do that to myself and, and play with people that I'm not going to enjoy playing with. I think people who aren't in bands don't realize that it's more important to get along with the people in your band more than what music or what type of music or how cool you are or not cool you are is because you have to live on top of them for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, 
it's just all those factors and it's such a cool thing it's not it's it's more rare than people think it's a cool thing when the the music comes together and the people all come together where it's just all of those things it's not it's not super common it really isn't i mean people would be surprised that some of their favorite bands <laughs> behind closed doors yeah. just can't stand each other right and uh yeah so it's nice to hear and nice to see like i said before when i was hanging out with you guys at Nam with Marty's band. So mm-hmm. that was really cool, too. But yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of a trip, dude. I mean, um, you know, I've been playing guitar for, what, like 21 or 22 years now. And um, this is like, when, it's weird. When I first picked up the guitar, it was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. No matter what I need to do to make it happen this is going to be my job because i don't want to have another job i just want to do this and you know growing up um it's so weird how it all comes full circle but you know for me like it was like it wasn't even like uh you know ripping guitar players that got me into guitar or music at all it was things like the beatles and santana and queen and things like that right and um then like the first guitar player i ever heard in my life that was just ripping on the guitar was uh, like someone showed me a cacophony album. So I heard Marty and Jason Becker. Oh, really? Wow. So that's like, that was literally the first switch that made me start practicing guitar in a different way. Wow. So that's full circle. And then I play in his band eventually. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I listened to a lot of like Warren Demartini stuff in high school. And then I play in a band where I'm, you know, playing in his spot. So, I get to play with one of my favorite guitar players and, you know, play in the spot of one of my favorite guitar players. It's a very, um, I'm very blessed that those things have happened to me and, and they just happen so smoothly. They just go in one to the other, you know? Well, I mean, back in the day there was, um, like, I'm not sure, I haven't kept up on it now, but when Cacophony arose... I mean, there was like, it was all part of that whole shrapnel kind of thing where all these guitarists, you know, it was the the era of shredding guitarists. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, you you fit right in with a lot of those names. Do you find yourself, you know, kind of rubbing shoulders with them more and more? I know Marty, of course, and like you mentioned, Warren, but like... Are, are you rubbing shoulders with, like, you know, a Tony McAlpine or a Vinnie Moore, those kinds of names? I haven't really hung out with those guys. I mean, we've been a little friendly, like Tony, on Instagram. And, you know, there's a few guys that I've been friendly with on Instagram and a few guys that I kind of know from passing, you know, uh, at Nam and stuff like that. But, right. yeah, I mean, it's, very, it's a very friendly community and everyone's really cool, you know, to me. So, Well, when I hear you... Say you're working on a new solo album, you know, and knowing that you're a lead guitarist, those are the those are the names that I think of immediately and how you would fit right in. And and uh, you know, I, I I love some of those those guys like Greg Howe, and I, I love all that stuff, Paul Gilbert, and all that stuff. Yeah. So and of course Cacophony, like you mentioned. So yeah, I mean that's. That's I started listening to that kind of stuff when I was probably around um, I want to say probably fourteen, hmm. but or thirteen maybe thirteen, and you know I started playing guitar when I was seven, so it took that many years before I even 
was inspired by that kind of music at all. So what were your first inspirations when you were seven to, to a teenager? Well, the funny thing, like I said, it was kind of like Beatles and Santana and really Santana, like, especially because, uh, in, I can't remember what year it was that I started playing guitar. I was probably around 97 that I started playing guitar and that, uh, album Supernatural came out. That and huge hit, right? He had that huge that song hit. Smooth. Remember that song, Smooth? Yeah. And I just heard the guitar tone and the, the lead and all that stuff, and I was just like, that is so cool, the way the guitar sustains and stuff. And I never really heard anything like that. And that was really like, that That was it. I'm like, all right, I need to start playing guitar like right now. So that was it. And then wow. I grew up in the era of pop punk, right? Mm-hmm. So... I learned like Green Day and Blink-182 and Sum 41 and stuff like that, which honestly, now looking back at it, I'm like, dude, that's awesome because it made my rhythm guitar playing really strong and I wasn't focused on lead playing really for a while. Like, not that I didn't play leads, but it wasn't like my main focus. I feel like a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of guitar players, especially like newer guys, they're like inspired to pick up guitar by someone like Eddie Van Halen or even in a way more technical than Eddie Van Halen. And then the problem with that is when you first start playing guitar, especially if you're a kid, that is so daunting to like, Mm. oh, I'm going to try and learn how to play Eruption on the guitar as an eight-year-old. You know, like that is like, that would make a lot of people just quit guitar immediately because you're like, this is just too hard. Mm -hmm. But for me... I'm like, oh, cool, play some power chords and down pick. Awesome. Like, right away I can start playing with a drummer and play in a band, you know, and get Mm -hmm. chicks. You know, just like (laughs) eight years old, just getting chicks. (laughs) (laughs) So it's awesome. I wasn't sitting in my bedroom trying to tap on the guitar. I was like, let's go jam and, like, play for people, you know? I think that's what got lost during that whole kind of shrapnel era is is the focus was on the leads and not on the rhythm and really you you're no lead guitar player if you can't do rhythm and as a rhythm guitar player who need, who is forced because I'm the only guitarist in our band uh-huh. to to play leads I have way more appreciation for rhythm you know, lead leads to me is just it's out of my league, but I'll do it um, because I have to. But I'm much more comfortable just just doing the chords and. Well, you, I think you write actually really cool leads, and um, oh, thanks, you know, man. <laughs> like the things you write are cool. Like I, I'm I'm not the kind of guitar player that cares about how technical someone is. I care about like. How much heart do you put into it? Um, how much thought was put into what you played? And also, like, I'm a tone guy, too. And, like, mm. you you do all of that stuff. When I saw you play at, uh, where were we, Viper Room? Oh, yeah, that's right. I came and saw you at the Viper Room. I mean, I, I, all your records, I mean, you always sound great. But, like, live, I was like, dude, first of all, you're, you're just killing it you know, with the singing and the playing at the same time, but your tone was killer. Just everything was killer, dude. Like, to me, you're a great guitar player. Like, there's a lot of people who are way more technical than than you or I that I don't even, I don't consider a good guitar player because it just, it doesn't do anything for me uh, emotionally. You know what I mean? Right. 
So no, that's, I, what it, that's what it's all about, man. So I it, hear you. In your way, you're, you're awesome, dude. Oh, I mean, you're thanks, awesome. man. I, I, I mean, that's a huge compliment coming from you. I, I, that's how I take it. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, uh, I, I really, really appreciate it, and I'm not going to let it go to my head. <laughs> yeah, don't get all cocky now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I, it's the only thing I got. But it, I mean, growing up, you know, during all the during an era where you know the lead guitarist was almost the band, I I I would I was one of those people who who was super frustrated trying to play guitar because I would I knew I could never do what Eddie Van Halen does or or a Marty Friedman, you know, like I could I knew I could never do it. So I just pressed on and I I put I I, I hedged my bets more on a Malcolm Young, you know, rather than mm-hmm. Angus. So and uh yeah. you know I and then yeah, like you said, like you 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 slowly learn that actually you know that that's the that's where the whole song rests on. It rests on Malcolm. It doesn't rest on Angus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I really, uh, it's great that you know you have this background in pop punk. Which yeah, you're right. It's all just rhythm, and uh, that's a perfect a perfect uh, background to get into being a lead guitar player. I, I think. think so. I think yeah. having just a good sense of rhythm mm. is like in a rock setting where you know how to play with a pocket. Yeah. You know, that is so important and that is so lost on people, man. That is so lost on people. That is such an art to be in a band and play with people and you guys all learn the pocket that works for you guys. I think the the term, like playing in the pocket, um, a lot of people don't, I mean, I'm talking musicians, like you said, they don't, they'll never feel it. And but when you are in the pocket, holy cow! I never want to go out. I never want to stop. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You I mean you know? Obviously, no one's perfect. So throughout a night of, of a gig, it's not perfect. But you notice when it's like, oh shit! It's like yeah, happening right now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 magical. It uh, you know, and it's still one of the things that you know I'm I'm like missing doing because you know we were supposed to be on tour right. Well, you know, in a week from now we would be out. So yeah, same pretty much. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's it's how it goes. But uh I'm sure once this is over, we're all going to get back to it like nothing happened and and uh keep at it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready. I just love uh jamming with a drummer and playing super loud. Like that literally is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Yeah, but you can do it at home with your headphones right now, with your setup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're just going to have to wait. So I, I look forward to everything that you've been talking about, like the rat stuff and your solo album and whatever you and Marty can cook up in the future together as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, me too. I'm ready to get back at it. But, like, you know, this has been a good reflection time too of just – I know that when things kind of get back to normal, I am not going to take so many things for granted anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't wait till, I mean, I, I, now my daydreams are about the, when we, the first airplane that I'm going to be able to fly out to a, 
to uh, the next gig will be uh, like the first time we toured. It'll be like that feeling again. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to it from that perspective. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's you know it's been a a nonstop cycle of you know album tour 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 album album tour tour tour, and right. like you said, this time off. Man, when when everybody gets back to it, I will definitely be able to regain those those feelings I had when we first started touring, and I was so excited to do it, you mm-hmm. know. And rather than it becoming this thing that it it did, it was, you know, it's just album tour, and you're like, okay, here we go again. But now I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be like the first tour, right? So right, yeah, totally, I get it. Yeah. So it'll be fun. But Jordan, thank you, man. Thanks so much for for doing this uh, while we're all locked down. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, yeah, you take care and stay safe out there. Yeah, you too, bro. All right, man. All right, see you later. Later.